welcome to today's podcast on Ramadan. With me I have Attica and Tahir. Okay, so obviously the, the business will be aware now that we are in the month of Ramadan. We kicked off the month by talking about what Ramadan's all about and then also giving managers a few hints and tips um, for today's podcast, um, I'd like to find out from yourselves as members of the Islamic community who are observing Ramadan, what Ramadan means to you um, and for you to share some of your knowledge and expertise in this area with uh, the rest of us. My first question is, what does Ramadan mean to you on a personal level? So for me, Ramadan, it's really important. It's one of those moments, months that we obviously look forward to. Um, you know, there's a great deal of preparation and we try to learn obviously a lot more about it before the time comes. And for me, it's about getting close to my religion. You know, um, a lot of my time during Ramadan is dedicated to my faith. So, you know, even if it's just doing... Um, you know, zikr, which is like sitting and just reflecting and, and praying certain prayers. Um, and it's those things that, you know, during a normal month, I probably won't make so much time for maybe, or, you know, I make an extra effort in, in Ramadan. And for me, it's really getting close to my religion and, and you know, getting there more spiritually, but not just for that month, but also learning that if I can do it for 30 days, then I can put that into practice, you know, outside of Ramadan. And, you know, again, spending time with family and just experiencing the whole month, learning about my religion more. I think Atika's pretty much summed up quite a lot of what Ramadan means, not only to herself, but to most individuals. Personally, uh, if I were to summarise, I'd say it's a time in which it allows one to become spiritually uh, attached to God or to Allah, whom we, we call God. And of all the worships that we do, all of them are tangible in some way, shape or form, whether it be praying of the Quran, whether it be uh, going for Hajj, whether it be uh, giving of charity, it's tangible in the sense that there is someone that would know in regards to it, should they be there. However, with the fasting itself, it's an act of worship which is between you and God, between you and Allah, because you can be doing everything that everyone else is doing, However, not eating will not show somebody that you're fasting. Uh, it's not something that you need to go and tell somebody that you're doing. So for that reason, it brings about a special connection with God for yourself. And with the fasting itself, the limitations in regards to food in terms of fuel, um, what it basically does, it curbs your cravings for uh, your lusts and desires. So in that in itself, it basically gives you that added ability to do good. Like they say, they give the example of if you have a glass with water and oil, the two won't mix. In the same way, when you have good going into a vessel, then the want to do bad is taken away. And that's how I feel in Ramadan. The fact that I'm doing more good, it eliminates the want in me to do something which isn't good. And as a human, we're all weak. So I find the extra added strength in Ramadan to refrain from bad and do good. And like Atika was saying earlier, in regards to what we can do in Ramadan, it's just an example for us outside of Ramadan that we could do the same same things if we apply ourselves just as much. 
and I find the exact same thing and I'm confused. I'm scratching my head thinking, what? I can do these things? Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> and then come, come the day of Eid, I'm like, wow, yeah. <laughs> I thought I could. I can't do them anymore. Yeah, so it is about putting that into place, you know, or trying, like to hear said, applying yourself better because we can do it, but it's just, you know, outside of the Ramadan, you, you perhaps don't think about it as much. So, you know, that that's really important for us, you know, getting that connection with Allah uh, and God um, and getting closer to him. Obviously, you've, you've talked about Ramadan being quite a personal experience. It's something that you do as part of your faith and it's your commitment and or your recommitment to your faith almost. How is it that you kind of like, what are the things that you do during Ramadan to celebrate with your families that are like small traditions of your own? Do you, are you able to share some of those with us? Yeah, I mean, during during fasting, I think one of, it's difficult for, for me, obviously, my mum and dad are up north, so I don't get to see them really during Ramadan, not face to face anyway. Um, so that's obviously a, a massive thing that I miss. But um with my in-laws and my husband's family here, uh, one of the things that we do, do is, is share iftar. So that's the time where we break the fast um, at sunset. Um, and one of the things that we do, you know, is if we can't be there in person, we will send stuff. So send food um, so they can, you know, we share our food really with them in that way. Um, so that's one of the things that we do. You know, that was I did that last week. So that was my kind of weekend to like send out the food to everybody. Um and, you know, and likewise, they send it to us kind of the following day. So that's one of the main things that we do during fasting. In Ramadan, I think one of the main things, um, and it can be coupled with the COVID situation as well. And I think last year's Ramadan was probably one of my favourites. The one before that uh, as well, because we've had two Ramadans in COVID. And not only did COVID allow you to become closer to your loved ones and, you know, your first family, uh, your immediate family. But um, it also set that precedent and that example of how good and how uh, needy you are of your family. So Ramadan is an ideal opportunity for us to rekindle our relationship, not only with our creator, but also in terms of our family, which uh, for me brings about a great sense of warmth and uh, being as such as well, because, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think it's a common thing where people feel a lo- uh, very happy uh, sharing with those who they love more than they yeah. do sharing with themselves. So you'd rather spend that pound on your loved one than you yeah. you do spend it on yourself, you know. And that is a prime example. And the reason for that is because you actually appreciate and you want the best for those yeah. that are close to you. What are some of the questions or some of the misconceptions that you get asked a lot about during Ramadan? I think uh, the main one that sticks out to me is the questions about not even water. And I think obviously on social media, like up to Ramadan and even during Ramadan, there's loads of memes and things like that. And I think between the Muslim community, that's like a bit of a joke now that oh, we're going to get loads of questions now. Um, and it's almost having like, a, a bullet point list of you know these are the questions that we're going to get you know can we when can you eat what can you eat can we have an, water you know because a, a lot of people don't really know you know because that is a big thing about intermittent fasting 
is it the same no it's not so those are the main ones really that I would get from a lot of people or you know can I not eat in front of you like shall I hide and eat and things like that but that you know it's about learning so I never get offended it does make me laugh a little bit it does I do giggle a little bit when I get those questions but you know I'm always open to like answering the questions and actually you know if you have a question just ask it's best to like learn that way going back to those questions how do you feel about kind of like people eating in front of you and that kind of stuff because I I suppose for them it's kind of like they want don't want to be offensive but at the same time you know every Ramadan you're going to get that same (laughs) question over and over again from your experiences like what is the right thing to do or what are those do's and don'ts during that period that would help people yeah I think for me I think it's a personal thing because I think you'll sort of find some people that will be like oh don't eat in front of me I'll feel really hungry but for me personally you know and it's a point that I make to my team especially you know I, I say oh I'm going to be fasting from this day and I'll have a laugh and a joke about it but for me it's like you know you don't I don't get offended if you're eating or drinking in front of me you know fasting is a personal choice it's my my faith it's something that I do for myself and my religion so you know I wouldn't expect anybody to then not eat or drink openly because I'm fasting in my team so you know that sort of thing you know it's normal like you know it's kind of business as usual the only difference is that I won't be eating and drinking you know I'll still take a break but I won't eat or drink in that time so I think that's for me it's like that's one thing that I want to make sure people understand that we don't get well personally we don't get offended um you know and you know I personally say you know if people like who are fasting and they struggle to step away you know we know when people are going to eat you know the lunchtime kind of stays the same so you know you step away give yourself a break during that time so you're not maybe seeing that or anything but yeah that's that's for me I don't know what I'll do I'm pretty much the same I'll be honest with you I, th- I think it comes back to that routine thing so yeah. where people start asking you questions which are against the routine or different to the routine that's when you start questioning it yourself you know so me personally I'd rather you carry on doing what you're doing now, if you're inquisitive, uh, more for an awareness reason, yeah, by all means, I'm all ears. But in regards to myself, I appreciate, you know, your concern and whatnot in regards to that. But I don't want you to feel out of place yeah. um, because I'm doing a certain thing by choice. You yeah. know? Now, with that in itself, I think it's more about the fact, don't get me wrong, I think it's a bit of a cliche because they don't want you, they don't want to feel ignorant to what you're doing. They don't want to feel inconsiderate to what you're doing. But at the same time, you don't want them to feel uncomfortable and you don't want to be seen as a special case. Okay. So so at the end of the day, I think it's finding that balance. Balance. I think with HR, maybe, I don't know what the turnaround of staff is there, but in terms of like, where where we are in our branch, my my branch is a two man branch, and it's very rare that people do change unless something amazing, ha- well not amazing but ludicrous happens. You know if that makes sense. Um, and once they know what the rules are, or not not the rules, once they know uh, your persona and whatnot, then it's different. But Saying that, exactly what Atika said, different people are different. Some yeah. people get very irate in Ramadan because yeah. they can't hack the fast. Some people become really irate because they're not smoking anymore. Yeah. You know, it all depends on individual temperaments. And yeah. that's the I, I think that's the case with individuals anyway, because 
but the general consensus is people just get on with it. And as you get older, you become more used to it. And as you become more used to it, you start appreciating the other factors of that Ramadan. Like I remember when I was young, it was just a case of, right, okay, when dad's not looking, right, I'm going to have this little chocolate under the bed or something, right? And I used to go have it. And then my dad would always find out somehow, right? And he'd beat me up, right? And he'd give me a, a clip around here and whatnot, right? And this was proper old school parenting, right? It was harsh <laughs> love. And then as you got older, it was more, okay, look, I have to fast because it's part of my religion. And you know what? I want to please God. I want to go to heaven. But when does the fast end, right? And that's that, That's the stage you got to, right? When we were, you know, 16, 17, 18, then you got to uni and you started living younger life and you're like, right, okay, this is this is the way, you know, we're going to fast. Let's be happy that we're allowed to fast and we can fast and whatnot. And let's do it, you know, and let's do it properly. And they used to do that. And then it came, okay, what prayers can we do and what can we do in regards to making that fast better, making that act of worship more accepted and things like that. So I think as you age, you become wiser and you become more appreciative of the worship that you're doing. I don't know if that's because you're closer to death or <laughs> if you're actually enjoying it, right? But yeah. one or the other, you, you, you do it better than you used to because of the experience and also in regards to the knowledge that you have. I like that, you know, that your fast matures as you mature yeah. almost. Like you become more and more that's informed each year that you do it. How do you manage your work and celebrating Ramadan in, you know, in the way that you'd want to celebrate it? How do you strike that right balance? Like, you know, what what provisions do you put in for yourself? How does the business support that? Um, I think for me, it's like obviously work during the work week, that work is priority during the day. That's priority, you know. Obviously, for me, you know, I have my lunch break, but I will choose to kind of kind of separate that during the day so while I'm there you know there's only one really one prayer that I would get which is uh, the Zohar prayer so I'll use a little bit of my break time to break away and to do that and that's one of the things that my manager uh, you know allows and puts that in place especially for Ramadan so you know because there's more of a for me it's more of a need to make sure that that prayer is met you know during outside you might say well okay I'll let that one go this time but for me during Ramadan I don't want to you know I would make more of an effort to make sure those prayers are met so apart from that working days like that's priority so you get that prayer done you know during your break time you can maybe pray the Quran you can do some zikr because you know it's things that are quite accessible you can have it on your phone you know, you just need a quiet space somewhere else and you can kind of zone out and just do your own thing. Um, but then, you know, after work, that's where kind of the real kind of business is where, you know, I'll have to take time. You know, yes, you rest, but the weekends and outside of work, that's where I kind of do more of my praying and things like that and use that time to do that. Me personally, I, in terms of work itself, it just carries on as normal, just like Attica said. Outside of work in the working week, um, I tend to sleep a lot, okay? Um, and I do that mainly for two reasons. And it's a bit weird because I was thinking about this prior to the call. Um, and now that we've come onto the topic, because I go gym normally five times a week outside of Ramadan. And prior to Ramadan, I told everybody at the gym, I'm going to be here after my Asr, which is the third prayer of the day. And before the uh, iftar prayer, which is a Maghrib uh, prayer, 
So there's about an hour and a half. So I said, I'm going to be here every single day. Believe me or not, and the gym actually had something that you basically uh, can uh, suspend your membership for a month of Ramadan. So me being me, uh, I thought, no, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this and whatnot. And I left it as it was. Till today, I've not been to the gym once in Ramadan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've slept every single day. From Monday to Friday, I've slept. Come Saturday, Sunday, I've just woken up so late. It's, it's just not been viable for me to go to the gym. And it, it, it's like, But at the same time, we have a prayer in the evening, which is like uh, we start it. Um, so at the moment it's starting at 10 o'clock it keeps getting about 5-10 minutes late it's called Tarawih prayer now this prayer itself is the longest prayer it's not on a normal day in the calendar but in Ramadan it's an extra prayer and the prayer itself is about an hour long and you're standing, sitting uh, in different postures uh, as such, bowing down so that in itself what I'd find uh, a bit unjust or unjust of myself is if I went to the gym after praying that third prayer of the day, Asr, and then not having enough energy or strength to pray that last prayer, which we only get in uh, Ramadan. So for that reason, I, I, I say it's okay. But I know after Ramadan, I'm going to have to work twice as hard <laughs> on that side because I would have lost everything and I'd have to start all over again. But Personally, I think it's worth it, but mindset yeah. is, oh, damn, I've worked so hard all year, and I have to start all over again. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's the bigger purpose, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think yeah. the hardest thing for the men is this Tarawi prayer, because for me, it's fine. You know, I, I do do the prayer, but I get to pray at home. I get to pray a lot smaller, um, you know, recitations. So for me, you know, I can be in bed at still quite a decent time. Um, but yeah, I think the main thing for the men is they do get tired. So a lot of the men in my family, you know, they will sleep a lot. Um, you know, when we're kind of up and at it, you know, they're kind of like, oh, we'll just get an extra hour here. <laughs> but that is so part of it as well, you know, have have the rest. And so then you do have the energy, like you say, to to go to those nightly prayers, which you only get the opportunity to do that during fasting. But at least you know you're not on your own to hear with that yeah. then. <laughs> oh, 100%, 100%. To be, to be totally honest, I, I've got a bit of a lift this year. I say a lift uh, in um, in more of a, what, what, how would I say it? Well, I'll say what it is and then you can tell me what word it is for it, right? <laughs> but I've, I've got a bit of a lift because what's happening is it's like a blessing in disguise. So my father, um, he's currently suffering from lower back pain and... Uh, like an adductor type of injury down his leg, which is related to sciatica, but also there's water retention and things along them lines, which let's not get into the health side of it because <laughs> it's a whole whirlwind. But because of that, I've basically said to my dad that I'll take you personally to the prayers every day. And with that, he ensures that I pray my prayers as well, yeah. because it's very easy for me to turn around and say, oh, you know what, I'm going with my friends and end up at one of their offices, apartments or to the coffee shop or to the pool or something like we used to when we were younger, if that makes yeah. sense. So these type of things. And the thing is, it only takes a couple of times of doing this to make it a habit, as a in, habit, yeah. in terms of brain wise, you know. So I'd rather be at that end of the spectrum than Didn't still be, way. you know, hanging around like a <laughs> loud 
tips, you know, here and there. Not going home because you know you're going to get questioned by the missus saying, <laughs> Did, how, how was the prayer today? And they're like, yeah, it was quite long. I'm a bit tired, but I'll be okay. And she's there thinking, what? Did you actually go or not? <laughs> you know? But yeah, so, so it's another, for me, it's another reason for me to get closer to family because I'm taking my dad every single day. My other two brothers, he questions them every day. That, yeah. oh, are, you, are, you, are you going? Oh, no. He's, so he, he's quite sarcastic, my dad is. So he turns around and says, oh, it's not for us on them. Don't worry. Yeah, so basically <laughs> it's not compulsory on them. Yeah, but for us it is, right? So we'll just carry on. But it's one of those, you know, you just laugh it off. And as, 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 as you know, your fathers, your parents get older, they become more uh, quite direct with their comments and sarcasm gets a bit <laughs> thing as well. But it's good fun, you know, and I've found that this trauma and I've got a lot closer to the family. I think it's quite a valid point that you made to hear around, you know, the time that you would spend um, looking after your body, going to the gym, you know, keeping healthy. But actually Ramadan is a time for you to be spiritually more healthy and you know mentally more healthy as well so it's that importance of making sure that you give time and as much time and precedence to your mental health as much as you know your physical health as well they both go hand in hand so I think that's quite a prominent point um that you've made there if if I can just add as well, Sheetal, you know, in regards to it um and the simile or uh, whatnot that we give to it is like for everything there's a place or a time you know if someone's ill they go to the hospital okay you won't go elsewhere you'd go to the hospital or the doctors when you're ill if you want to get a perfume you go to the perfume shop you know and accordingly and from time to time you have the checkups from time to time you have you know different things and what we what we find ourselves or what i personally find especially is that fuel that you get in ramadan okay that in itself is your hospital for that yeah. sickness or that illness of your spiritual, your soul. Yeah. And that does, it, it, it helps you recover from it to an extent where you're back and you can take the next year itself, you know, if, even if you don't have any further uh, top-ups as such. As a human, you do need more top-ups, but even if you don't, that Ramadan, if spent correctly, is sufficient for you to basically carry out the rest of the year and then come back to Ramadan for that top of the end. Yeah. How will you be celebrating Eid? So obviously at the end of Ramadan, you will celebrate Eid and it's, you know, quite a big thing. It's the end of Ramadan. You've, you know, you've done that, that journey that you've been on um, during the course of Ramadan. So how will you be celebrating with, with your families, I presume? A lot of food, I think, (laughs) being the main thing. Um, yeah, I think for me, it's obviously spending it with the family. So we'll always, um, my husband's got a quite uh, quite a few brothers and sisters. So we'll all get together with my mother-in-law. Sadly, my father-in-law passed away. So he, the head of the house, unfortunately, is not there anymore. But my mother-in-law, obviously, um, we'll, we'll go to hers. Um, we'll all kind of eat together. And, you know, a lot of it is to do with like presents. You know, we do that in our family. We give presents out. There's a lot of things, you know, we give uh, Edie to like the younger kids or then all our nephews and nieces will be ready and waiting to get their money on the day um so yeah that's kind of how we will do it and then hopefully 
Um, I'm hoping to obviously go up to Bradford as well the day after. So I'll do the pretty much the same thing, but with my mum and dad, which will be really nice because obviously they don't get to see um, my son that often. So it'll be nice for him to spend that time with his grandparents. Personally, once again, family is always uh, at the forefront of everything. But for, for me, in terms of um, Eid itself, it's a change again because when we were younger, it was mainly friends. So you'd go do it with their family quickly and then it'd be like, okay, are we going Birmingham? Are we going here? Are we going here? And then you spend the whole evening and you can stay out late. That was your free pass in the yeah. year. You can stay out till really late and spend spend the money and whatnot, right? Because at that time, it wasn't gifts. You'd get money. you get ED, we used okay. to call it. And, and, you know, £5, £10, and then you all come together. How much did you get? How much did you get? And then everyone would be like, this much. Then you put it together and you can get your train tickets and then you go Star City or something like that along them lines. And you just enjoy yourself with your friends. As you get older, it becomes more family orientated. Um, so for myself, uh, a typical day would be uh, me, my children. Uh, I've got four boys. So we all get ready for uh, the prayers. Uh, even the youngest and it's like it, it's for me it gives me warmth you know just seeing my youngest son um, in the traditional, traditional. Uh, Islamic dress and yeah. it's just like oh, oh you know everyone's like it looks so cute when they're in their traditional you know over him and I'm doing it and then you go so I go to my parents house um, after the, every, everyone's ready so I have to get ready earlier than everyone then my wife will help me get the children ready then we go to the parents at my parents' house. Then my brothers will be ready. My dad will be ready. And my mum will be already starting to prepare some uh, milk and stuff like that. And yeah. puris, we, you know what puris are, yeah? The, <laughs> the, the, the fried um, things, right? So she'll be getting that ready for when we come back from prayers. So on the way to the mosque, we'll eat something sweet. We'll go. And then we we'll do our prayers. And then we we'll come home to have the milk and the puris and whatnot yeast, and then yeah. we just chill out and then we literally chill out and we're lying down whatever we might go to the uh, graveyard to visit uh, the dead and whatnot and do our prayers there depending on how busy it is or then we'll go after the second prayer but mainly we're eating drinking and sleeping yeah. uh, and the more houses you can go to the more you eat drink and sleep <laughs> Because everywhere you go, you eat, drink and sleep. Yeah, it is, <laughs> that, it is about that, isn't it? Just having a good time. It's a really good time. It's a, you have a really nice it, day. It's you know, yeah. your, your stomach's really full and hurts after. But you know what? You just yeah. enjoy it because, you know, we have like a really lavish breakfast. Because after the early morning prayer, that's like the breakfast yeah. day. And in ours, it's really traditional. You know, we'll do all the fried baits. We'll do the, yeah. the milk um, dish that we, that Tahir is talking about. Um, and then, you know, you know, they'll go to everyone else's and they'll have the same thing there. But it's just it's such a nice time, especially I think obviously I've got a little one now. So for me, it's all about him. I mean, he's only yeah. one and a half, so he probably doesn't have a clue yet what's going on. But for me, it's like, you know, I'll decorate the house like on Friday. That's kind of my day. I'll be putting up the decorations. My husband thinks I'm crazy sometimes. He's like, why are you doing all this? But it's just getting that atmosphere, you know, that oh my gosh, Eid is coming. And it is it's just a time for celebration. And it's a whole different vibe, you know, when you yeah. actually when you actually live it, like like yeah. Attica saying, when you're living it, like I, I still remember. So when we moved into the house that I'm in now, the first Eid we didn't do where we 
put lights up and this, that, the other. And it's not a tradition. No. It's it's more to feel the spirit of it. It's like, yeah. you know, when you put a Christmas tree up. Yeah, it's put like that, isn't it? It's outside and the lights and whatever. You actually feel like Christmas is happening in that house. It's the same with Eid. So we actually put lights up. Uh, and in in Ramadan, what we try to do is watch less TV and stuff like that. Yeah. So we normally cover the TV and things like that. And we cover it and we put the celebrations on, on top. So, you know? so it's like there's not really a TV there. But yeah. like, there's happy Ramadan. And then we'll have a little praying corner where we'll have like little treats um, for the children and whatnot, like a tent and whatnot. And then you'll have like the dates out, uh, the Zamzam, which is uh, the water from Saudi Arabia. You'll have that. And what it basically does, it lets you uh, feel as though it is Ramadan, as yeah. opposed to only feeling it at the time of fasting and the time of breaking the fast. Yeah. You know? So Atika's 100% right. You can't feel it until you actually do the things to feel it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember when I was younger, my mum and dad, I mean, I've got a brother and a sister, so I'm the eldest, but my mum and dad used to do the lights. So once we'd gone to bed, you know, they'd yeah. put all the lights up and then we'd come down at Zahiri's so whole time. We'd be like, oh my God, like the lights are up. It's definitely <laughs> like countdown to Eid. So yeah, you know, it's it's just a it's just a really fun time. And I think the kids love it more because they get a lot of money. I mean, I don't get anything now, but um, <laughs> yeah, the kids love it. Um, but it's good for us. You know, we I always give presents out and I always receive. So yeah. it's always, I think it's a win-win for all. I still remember the times where I stopped getting the money. And yeah. I was like, hey, what, what have I done wrong? Why have I stopped? <laughs> and I, I used to go around, you know, like, like 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 the sheep that follows the elders around, like, what about me? And, what, yeah. and they turned around and they were so ruthless. They said, you're too old now. You're too old now, yeah. That's, that's a, a brutal bit because you don't realise that till you day. And then you're like, oh, gosh, I'm not getting it now. And then you're, like, giving it out to the, you know, the little kids and your nieces and yeah. nephews. but. Yeah, it's such, such a good time. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it this year, definitely. What a great end to such a, yeah. a wonderful festival and all that connection that you do with with your belief and, you know, with yourself as well. So yeah. what a great way to end that. Thank you both very much for sharing your stories, sharing, you know, more with us about Ramadan and what it means um, and, and trying to dispel some of those misconceptions that we might have um about it so thank you both again welcome um and um and, you know we're going to do a piece on um on Eid as well so hopefully at that point you'll be able to share some of the pictures of you with yeah. your families and you know your house is all ready for for Eid as well so we we look forward to seeing those thank you very much thank you